Hello and welcome to Tell Me Where I'm Going. I'm your author, Chris DeLuca, and we have a very exciting episode for you today. It's a chapter episode, everybody. That means that I've written a chapter in my ongoing series about the traveling Wilburys back in 1988 solving crime, and it was all based on ideas that you, the audience, gave me when I ran out of ideas last week, or the week before, or however long it's been. So this is very exciting. We're, we're now reaching the climax of this story. This is the final confrontation with this clown that has been dogging the traveling Wilburys and chased them all through the underground lairs. And as I say often, if none of this makes any sense, why a clown will be chasing legendary rock and roll supergroup the Traveling Wilburys underground, then you gotta listen to the past episodes. That's all I have to say to that. So, without any further ado, let's get into this episode. And, and just to remind you once again, the setup at the last one was that, uh, you know, that, that clown had followed them out of the underground world and they thought they were free and they weren't. It was still coming for them. And at the very end, Belinda was like, what? Uh, oh, I know. Uh, we'll trap this thing and I know exactly how to do it. But I didn't know. But you told me. You, the audience. And you told me that they all try to trap this clown with knitting supplies and that uh, was a hard thing to write and was very difficult <laughs> yeah that was a how was uh, I was like how, how, knitting supplies how do I make this work well I've done it in this episode you will hear the Traveling Wilburys attempt to trap this clown with knitting supplies. And I'm not going to say how it's going to go. You're just going to have to listen. How much longer will you have to listen? Not any. I don't know. That, that didn't make any sense. Point is, let's get to the episode. Please enjoy Chapter 9. can't kill it, and it won't leave us alone, so we set a trap for it, and I know just how to do it. The whole group got in a huddle, and Belinda excitedly explained her plan. Using big arm motions and wild swings in speaking volume, she conveyed her trap concept with speed and precision. The rest of the group nodded along, totally engrossed, until George popped up, incredulous. Wait, where do we get all the yarn? Belinda shook her head clearly annoyed that George hadn't been paying attention, and pulled several large balls of multicolored yarn from her purse, each skewered with knitting needles. George nodded, and the scrum carried on, strategic arguments flying fast and thick, until Bob Dylan threw up his hands. <laughs> Belinda sighed and held up her hand, blood-red nails gleaming. Oh, it's an acrylic base with a high-gloss top coat. But that's not really relevant to the plan. Bob nodded, satisfied, and the conversation continued. Then, Roy Orbison stood back, hands out, questioning. 
in dreams? He asked. Belinda shook her head. No, Roy, we're doing this for real. Roy nodded and rejoined the group. Finally, the plan was fully formed and agreed to. All right, we all know what to do. Let's go. Now where is that clown? Jeff Lynn screamed. In all the excitement about the plan, he had forgotten all about the clown. <laughs> Last time I checked, he was on the stairs coming up here. That means by now he should be. Everyone looked at the door. He's still on the stairs. What? Everyone abandoned looking at the door and ran to the window. It's true. He's still there. But how'd you know, George? I concocted a surefire distraction. While everyone was talking, I dropped down a copy of my six-part written defense of my sleeping with Ringo's wife. I drew a clown on the cover so he'd be sure to read it. Sure enough, the clown was stopped on the stairs, reading through a pile of ring-bound handwritten photocopies. A crude line drawing of a clown was visible on the cover. Jeff Lynn nodded. I read that defense for the same reason. But look... The clown's getting to the part where everyone tears up the manuscript in disgust. George frowned. What? That tearing isn't part of... Hey! That clown's tearing up my manuscript! Connie clapped George on the shoulder. Good job, George. You bought us some time. Looks like the clown is going after the ring bindings as well. You all know what to do. Let's get into position. The clown had torn George Harrison's extramarital defense into small pieces and thrown them on the ground and was stamping on them before he remembered his purpose. The Wilburys. As he transformed his stomps on the paper into stomps up the stairs, he was again distracted, this time by a high-pitched noise. Yoo-hoo! A Mr. Scary Clown, ma'am! The clown turned and saw Bob and Jeff dangling from the green room window from a bunch of Tom Petty's knotted-together bolo ties, waving lasciviously. With an inhuman growl, the clown ran towards the repelling musicians, who dropped the flirting act and regular dropped, sprinting towards the stage. The others emptied out of the green room, scattering in all directions, looks of purposeful determination threatening their features. Bob Dylan and Jeff Lynn ran across the empty stadium floor, staying just ahead of their circus pursuer. Exhausted and out of breath, the duo leaned against the wall near the wings, resting near a heavy control panel, assuming fate-accepting expressions as the clown careened towards them. When the clown was only a yard away, Bob yelled into a megaphone. <coughs> Startled, the clown stopped momentarily. He was standing on top of a taped X on the floor. Jeff and Bob's expressions broke into ones of gleeful satisfaction. You're standing on the stage trap door, dummy, cried Jeff Lynn as Bob Dylan threw a heavy switch on the heavy control panel. The floor fell away under the clown, but Jeff's taunt had given the vengeful spirit just enough time to react. The clown leapt into the air, dropped his silver record, and grabbed onto a lighting girder with his remaining arm. As soon as he grabbed it, a piece of yarn was tied around each of his ankles. Una and Belinda rose from the trap door, having tied the yarn in swift noose knots. Just as I predicted... I sense that you would end up hanging in this exact place, clown. And now you've got yarn tied to your feet. What do you have to say to that? Growling and completely ignoring the yarn, the clown swung his body to propel himself away from the opened trap door, landing on the other side. He lifted his head menacingly. Nuna stroked her chin. 
I really need to keep my predictions going for just a few more seconds. Because I didn't see this coming, she said thoughtfully. Belinda gave a wan smile. Okay, time to go! Belinda, Yuna, Bob, and Jeff all jumped from the stage and ran back across the empty stadium floor. The clown ran after them, trailing the colorful strands of yarn, the ends of which stretched out ahead of the group, vanishing into the murk. Then, out of the darkness, from either side, came George and Connie, holding the ends of the strands. Knit one, pearl two, cried Connie, crossing the clown's path. Back off my boogaloo! which rhymes with what you said and was really my song, shouted George, doing the same maneuver from the opposite end. I thought Back Off My Boogaloo was a Ringo song. Oh, it was, but I had a hand in it. Just like I had in his wife. George tried to high-five Connie as they crossed past each other again, but she pushed her arms further down, if anything. George sniffed. Well, you can read all about it in my six-pot. But no one was listening. It wasn't quite knitting but George and Connie crossing their yarn threads had strengthened the bond between them, pulled them closer together, and now that they were reaching the edge of the stadium, it had formed a thick web. Now! yelled Belinda, and George and Connie pulled their yarn threads, cinching the strengthened noose knots, snapping the clown's feet tightly together. The clown slammed unceremoniously face first into the ground. For a moment, all was still. Then, Tom Petty and Roy Orbison came down from the green room, whooping and clapping. Yeah! We did it, guys! Where the hell were you? yelled George. Now, me and Roy were hanging back, guarding the sandwiches. You know how it is. Team effort all around! Connie coughed. <coughs> free fall and more like free loading. Tom turned purple with rage. That's an unauthorized parody! He croaked and would have said a lot more if the clown hadn't gotten to his feet. Blood was smeared over his white pancake makeup, creating a thick, oily pink sludge, contrasting sharply with his neon green wig. His legs were still wrapped together, and he wobbled as he straightened, holding out his one arm for balance. The clown looked directly into each of the stunned faces standing before him. George Harrison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan... Roy Orbison, Jeff Lynn, Connie Majors, Una Lynn, and Belinda Rothschild. Then, with a relentless purpose, he hopped towards them. Petty screamed and raised his arms to shield his face. The clown hopped closer. He was only fifty feet away now. Tom opened his eyes. Oh, I guess I got time. The clown hopped again. Forty-nine feet. Guys, what are we gonna do? Not even knitting can stop this thing! exclaimed Belinda, exasperated. Forty-eight feet. Knitting! replied Bob definitively, drawing his finger across his neck. George nodded. Oh, Bob's right. We keep trying to do all these things we're not good at. Knitting, detective work, helping people. But at the end of the day... We're musicians, and that's what we're good at. Music is the answer. Bob's eyes grew wide, and he vigorously shook his head in the negative. He cried, mimicking, choking himself, tongue lolling. Tom nodded. Yeah, yeah, of course. We gotta play a killer tune. Yeah, right on, Bob. 46. Bob 
trembled with frustration. Manon! He screeched, pointing repeatedly at the clown, then making violent stabbing motions. Jeff Lynn shook his head, confused. Oh no, come on. We're not making the clown our drummer. His vibe is all wrong. He's only got one arm, and before you say anything, he's not going to be another what's-his-face from Def Leppard. Forty-five. But that is a good point. We will need a drummer, and all our backing musicians aren't here, so we'll need to fill in the rest of the band, too. Forty-four. Bob clutched his head. Right-ho. Let's figure out what positions we need. Among the five of us, we have five guitars and five vocalists. I suppose that's enough. We can leave out keyboards, theremin, didgeridoo, and the glockenspiel, so that just leaves bass, drums, and saxophone. How about it, girls? Want to join the band? Belinda jutted out her chin. I live for sax, she said, deadpan, staring George in the face while high-fiving Yuna. Yuna twirled an imaginary drumstick. The only thing bigger than my beat is my beat down. Also, I'm not sure who I'm threatening. Connie pursed her lips. And I don't want to do this, she said. Forty-four. The band rushed past the clown and across the stadium floor and jumped up on the stage, plugging in the house instruments and cranking the monitors to eleven. All the while, the clown hopped slowly and steadily towards them. When everyone was in position, George counted them off. A five, six, seven, eight! The band kicked into Handle with Care, the soothing strains of their hit single washing away their pain and fear. The music was all the deeper, now that everyone playing it had been in, and some might argue continued to be in, an incredible amount of danger. The lyrics, simple at first blush, showed their layers, elevated by the context. Been beaten up, been battered around, been sent up and I've been shot down. You're the best thing that I've ever found. Handle me with care. Hop. Reputations changeable. Situations tolerable. But baby, you're adorable. Handle me with care. Hop. Hop. I'm so tired of being lonely. I still have some love to give. Won't you show me that you really care? Hop, hop, hop. Everybody's got somebody to lean on. Put your body next to mine and dream on. Hop, hop. Hop, 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 hop. As the song ended, sunlight streamed in from the now-opening stadium doors, illuminating the clown right at the edge of the stage, arm raised. Two rent-a-cops rushed in, tackling the clown, pinning him to the floor. There we heard music, and it's way too early for that, so we figured something must be deeply wrong. Jeff blinked. Whoa, music really did save us. The cops looked around, seemingly for the first time. Hey, did half this stadium collapse or something? Tom grinned. Sure did. But officer, how did you know to go for the clown? Well, it's a clown? Honestly, we all just go for whoever is closest. Connie threw off her base. Wait a minute. This doesn't add up. 
In the light of day, this clown really looks familiar. And this face, it's its almost like it's a, a mask. She grabbed the clown's wig and pulled, and its whole face came off. Everyone gasped. Oh, my God. It's... And that's all I got. The big climax, and there's a big kind of reveal of what's who it is and what's what's been happening. And I, yeah, I just completely wrote myself into a corner. I have no idea who this is. Uh, so you guys are gonna have to tell me. That's 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 what this is all about. All right, get me out of this pickle. I mean, we 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 already have some information, right? The the band clearly recognizes them, uh, and. You know, kind of story-wise, it would make sense that it would be somebody we've seen before. That's generally how these types of things work. But, uh, look, I'm not the one with ideas, so I'm not going to restrict anybody. But, what, but, but what's, the, what's the move here? What, what do you guys think? What, what, should we, what should we do? Who is it? Who is this clown? The mystery. Also... I know I I don't have any idea so I don't I don't really I can't really talk but is this at all dramatic that the audience gets to decide the twist That's an open question. Now you could also tweet at me for that. Is this suspenseful? Cuz that is the point of all this. Suspense. All right. Tell me where I'm going, folks. Go on Twitter at UTMWig, that's Y-O-U-T-M-W-I-G. On Twitter, tweet at me and tell me who the clown is. Who's under that mask? Um, Either from the the history or not. But it's got to be satisfying, right? No pressure. Uh, You can also email me, suggestions at tellmewhereimgoing.com if you prefer. But get those suggestions in. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We're getting close to the the conclusion of this story and I'm I'm so excited. We're going to we're going to find out a lot. Well, I'm going to find out a lot cuz you're going to tell me what's going to happen. All right. Thanks again. And see you later. <laughs>